as you know, the uh, Tuesday closest to Rosh Chodesh is instead of a Garden of Amuna class, we do a Rosh Chodesh energy class, discussing the energy of that coming month. Thursday is going to be Rosh Chodesh, so tonight, instead of having the regular Garden of Amuna series, we're going to do Rosh Chodesh, and this Rosh Chodesh that we're coming up is called Rosh Chodesh Shavat. And as you know, <coughs> in this week's Torah portion, we actually have a mitzvah of which month to count as the first month, and that is the month of Nisan, which means that this month of Shavat is the 11th month. Okay? With that being said, tonight's class, unlike other classes where I try to gear away from Kabbalistic words to get into the guts of what we need to talk about, today I want to give you a little bit of introduction that's important to understand that is a little bit Kabbalistic. Okay? Number one, the 12 months represent the 12 tribes. The 11th month is the 11th tribe. The 11th son is Joseph. So this is the tribe of Joseph. Number one to remember. Number two, there is a teaching that with different words, based on different amount of letters, what actually happens is that you can build from these letters. What do I mean? In the world of Kabbalah, letters are called rocks, avanim. And from avanim, you build a bayit, a house. And the way it explains it is, if you have the two letters, aleph, bet, you can make two different rocks. You can make aleph, bet, bet, aleph. Then if you have three letters, then you can change it more times. You have ABC, ACB, BCA, BAC. And then if you have four letters, so the four letters of God's name is actually used in 12 different formulations. Now it gets tricky because the two letters of God's name are both hey. So it is a yud, there's a hey, there's a vav, and there's a hey. So just in your mind, if you want to picture how to do it, make one hey one color and one hey another color because they're two different hey's. So there's different ways of lining up the name of God. For every single Rosh Chodesh, there is a different order. So you'll have the Yud, the He, the Vav, and the He. Then you can have the He, Vav, Yud, and He. And it goes on. This month of Shvat, we look for what formula there is. Now, when you study the formula of the names, in the Torah, it'll be used as an acronym. So you're going to find four words that the four beginning letters will spell out the Yud, the He, the Vav, and the He, but not specifically in that order. So we look for the month of Shvat. Now the month of Shvat in the world of Lubavitch, we know a lot about it because the Rebbe spoke a lot about it because it is the month in which his Rebbe's Yartzeit took place. The previous Rebbe passed away on the 10th day of the month of Shvat. The Rebbe would talk a lot about that month. Interesting enough, I told you it's the month of Yosef. The previous Rebbe's first name was Yosef. His name was Yosef Yitzchak. So while I would not be able to give you this class on all other months, <laughs> about this month I heard the Rebbe actually explain a lot of it. So I'm going to share with you what the Rebbe explains about this month. So what you've heard from me so far is number one, this is the month of Yosef. Number two, we're going to find the specific formula 
of how we set up the four letters of God's name and which pasuk it refers to. So, the pasuk that it refers to is in Leviticus, Parshas Bichukotai, and I'm going to read to you, I actually wrote down the entire verse, I want to read to you, and then I'm going to point out which letters. So, the verse at in, if you want to look it up, it's in Bichukotai, Leviticus 27.33, chapter 27, verse 33. And it's talking over there about the laws of selecting certain animals. Interesting enough, remember I told you what day did the previous Rebbe pass away on? The 10th day of the month? The verse before this verse actually mentions the number 10. Why? Because these verses are talking about tithing your livestock. When you tithe your livestock, the way it has to work is that the animals need to walk out freely through the gate one by one, and the tenth one you put a red mark on. You cannot pick. It needs to just happen. That is what this verse is talking about. Asidi Yeh Kodesh, the tenth one will be holy. The next verse, which is the one I want to read to you, is as follows. Lo yivaker ben tov You should not select between good and bad. You can't even pick a good one. Don't select. Velo yamirenu, do not exchange. Ve'im homer yamirenu, and if you do select, then the law is v'hoyahu, the one that really was supposed to walk out, the one that walked out the tenth, utmurato, and the one you selected in its place, both of them, yeh kodesh, will be holy, lo yigal, you can't redeem them. Let's just talk about the simple facts of the verse. So the verse is telling me, that I'm standing there counting my animals as they go through. And I make the door narrow so only one can go out at a time. The tenth one I stripe and it continues going. And all of a sudden I realize either for the good or for a little bit of miserness. It could be that I'm a little bit embarrassed. This tenth one happens to be the skinniest one. I want to bring to the temple the fattest one. So I want to go ahead and exchange it. Or it could be... <laughs> that it was the fattest one, and I really had my eyes on that one. I was going to make a nice penny off of that one. And it's anyway going to be in the altar. It's not like God's eating it anyway. So why don't I just exchange it? If I do that, then the one that I exchanged and the one that left as number 10, both need to go to the holy temple. They're both going to be holy. That's what this verse says. That's why you saw in the notice for today's class, I told you that the energy of the month of Shvat is God's exchange policy. Yimirenu. There's an exchange going on here. This was number 10, and I changed it. What is the law? So now I want to point out to you the words that we're looking for. Okay? In your mind, picture this, please. Hamar. What letter does that start with? Hey, Yimirenu starts with a Yud. Vehoya starts with a Vav. Hu starts with a Hey. We are taught that the four letters of God's name, that is the energy of this month, is lined up as Hey, Yud, Vav, Hey. Specifically, the words are Homer Yimirenu Vehoya Hu. 
Now, this is very problematic because you're starting in middle of a sentence, you're ending in middle of a sentence, and you're distorting the entire message. For example, the verse says, don't steal. Imagine if you started the sentence with the second word. Right? I picked that for a specific reason. Because in the holy books, there's a comma in between the two. And they're totally baffled by that. But going back to what we're talking about, if you look at the verse and you read the four words that we just cut out for this month, it has the exact opposite intention of what the verse is saying. The verse says, Lo yivakir, and don't exchange. And what is the four words we're talking about? It begins with the hey of Homer Yemirenu, which means select, you shall select. Vahoyahu, and it will be. You've totally, totally distorted what the verse is saying. What the verse is really telling you is don't do it. But the way we picked out these four words, these four words is making it sound as if it's a mitzvah to do it. Pause for a moment. Let's go back to the other fact I told you. Which one of the 12 tribes is this month? Yosef. The verse tells us why each one of the tribes received their name. Actually, interesting enough, all of the names were given by the mothers besides the youngest one, Binyamin, which actually the mother gave the name Ben-Oni and Jacob said no, Ben-Yamin, and it was changed. But interesting enough, every time the Torah tells us why the name was given. And surprisingly enough, it wasn't because of family politics. You have to name after my aunt and this aunt. It's a different reason. What is the reason for Yosef? And the answer is that because our matriarchs were prophetesses, Rachel was a prophetess, and she knew that how many children was Jacob meant to have? Twelve. And this is number eleven. So she said, Yosef li Hashem bein acher. May God, Yosef, make more for me. Ben Acher, another son. Why she used singular? Because she was a prophetess and she knew there's only one more to come. We're going to experience what Kabbalah and Hasidus does to a verse. We rearrange the commas and all of a sudden we find secrets hidden in the verse. The simple verse says, Yosef li Hashem, may God give me more. Ben Acher, another son. And yet, what you're about to hear is that the real meaning of Yosef is to make a Ben out of an Acher. Let me explain what that means. Acher means another. Ben means a son. When a Jew secularizes himself from the ways of Torah, and instead of behaving as a Jew, is living and chasing the secular American dream. A boy, a girl, a cat and a dog, and a three garage house, 
and that is success. And the more people forget where I really come from, and as long as no one looks up what my name was before we got to Ellis Island, we're doing good. Such a person defines himself as Acher. I want to be another. I don't want to be Ben. Many haven't even made that choice. Many are the third generation product of that choice. And what the verse is saying is, the job of Yosef is to engage with Acher and reveal within him or her the Ben, the son, the daughter. Very interesting what's beginning to play out here. From the tribal perspective, we're seeing this month as the power of transformation. Reach a person who looks completely like an acher, another, someone else, anything but. And reveal within them that they too are a ben, a son, or a daughter of God. The verse was talking about what? Exchange. We're going to witness here that they're really one and the same. And that gives us a very keen and sharp understanding of what the energy of this month really offers us if we're willing to engage and to activate. What happens here is that normally the verse tells you that you are not allowed to select. God will select. And if God wants a skinny one, he wants a skinny one. If he wants a fat one, he wants a fat one. Just stay out of the way. Your job is to do one thing. Set up the parameters in which God's choice can flow. Set up your barn, that the door is open, that only one animal at a time can go, and bring the animals out. The normal situation is that you stay within the parameters. However, we are living in a time which is completely abnormal. Our generation, more than any generation, knows what that means. Russian jury has to survive a Stalin. Polish jury has to survive a Hitler. Making it to America, where it seems to be that holding on to tradition in the 40s, the 50s, telling someone that I can't work on Shabbat was a death sentence. Restaurants in those days, you didn't have a, a, a over here, Bakshan, we have Indian kosher, Thai kosher, Italian kosher, everything kosher. Today you can even get a kosher cheeseburger. I had a very interesting Florida phenomenon. You just use soy or this or that. It wasn't that way in the 50s. So we're looking at a generation where not by choice. We're dealing with a majority of our people not seeing themselves as affiliated Jews. By the way, this is the true statistics. You'd fall off your chairs if you knew what the statistics in America of how many Jews, in a census, had associated themselves with any form of affiliation. 
I'm not even getting picky amongst the affiliations. And then amongst the affiliations itself, how many actually show up to a house of worship, a Jewish house of worship. Then it gets even minuter when we talk about kosher, Shabbos, and mitzvahs. So we're living in a generation where all of a sudden we have to redefine the commas of this verse. Because if we don't engage, if we don't begin in the exchange process, we're facing what even the unfortunate years of Europe could not do to us. God forbid. So now we're being told, instead of just allowing it to happen, get out of the way. It's meant to be. We're all of a sudden told, no. The verse for this month does not begin in the proper word, which is, and you shall not select, you shall not exchange. Rather, the actual God's name of this month reads as a commandment. Homer yimerenu. You will go out and exchange. So all of a sudden we're being told that while you people, including myself, are the fortunate Jews that are finding ourselves on a regular weeknight in a shul to study Torah. And you may ask yourself, that's what I need to do. Why would I leave here and engage with those who are on the other side of the fence. There's a famous teaching in the Torah when the Jews walked in the desert. They were surrounded by the clouds of glory. And the rule was you don't step out of the clouds of glory. You just don't do that. And yet all of a sudden, the very same Torah that tells us that you shall not go out, all of a sudden is read as a positive commandment. You shall go out you shall engage. You shall transform. We do want you to go out all of a sudden. All of a sudden the exchange policy becomes that we do want you to go out, bring back, reveal, engage. And the question will always be, as the Altarebbe writes in Tanya, the reason why he doesn't want you to fight with evil is because you can't fight with dirt and not get dirty, even if you win. So one would expect, if we're talking about engaging in a battle with darkness, we're going to get dirty. And thus you reread the verse that God's verdict is, if you're willing to be my Moses and chase the one sheep that ran away from the flock, God's promises at the end of the verse, and he and the exchanged one will be holy. What we're hearing over here is a total interesting reorganization of a verse not by any contemporary thinkers this goes back and all of a sudden you're hearing that Hashem is telling us that there is a time 
to realize that we need to step out of our safe haven of our own definition of secure Jewish identity. And we need to engage with those that are actually being challenged with their identity. The teaching isn't over yet. We'll soon see what this means to us, you and I, practically in a moment. But the teaching isn't over yet. Because the question is as follows. So you're going to engage with someone who really doesn't have your Torah paradigm of their identity. They're probably not going to be making any serious changes. You may be successful in getting them in a good day. Come on, put on the phone today. All right. But they're not going to engage yet at putting on tefillin for the rest of their life. The same thing with Shabbos, the same thing with kosher. Thus, there becomes an interesting question here. You're asking me to jeopardize my own spiritual sanity for what? What am I going to see? Am I going to see an entire community once I move in there become Shomer Shabbos? Am I going to see assimilation in America be brought down to zero finally? What am I going to see? And you start questioning yourself. And it comes to a point where you're giving your entire heart and guts to an individual who has a Hanukkah bush. That was a huge step. Last year it was green. Today it's blue. <laughs> and you ask yourself, for what? What price am I paying? We need to be a business person. The investment and the returns. So good. If you're telling me that I'm going to go ahead and leave my environment and I'm going to engage and at the end of the day I'm going to see a family that moved to Jerusalem and one kid's name is Machem Mendel, Yossel, Shmuel, Berel. Okay. But what am I dealing with? What am I dealing with here? How many times am I asked what to do with an intermarriage? You need to engage a Jew. But what are you expecting? They're going to get divorced? Probably not. So your hands are tied before you even start. And what should I do? I should engage. I should stop learning. I should move out of my own environment. To do what? Go back to the verse. The verse stops. The, the acronym of God's name for this month stops at a very interesting spot. Until now I told you it began at an interesting spot, distorting the entire definition of the verse. Now look where it stops. Vahoyahu, and he will be. Smack in the middle of a sentence. Because right after that, the words are, Utmurasa Yeh he and the exchange will be holy. It doesn't go there. It just says, Vahoyahu, slam your brakes. An amazing insight. My friend, the work is ours. The accomplishment is God's. I saw a letter where the Shliach poured his heart out to the Rebbe of how depressed he is that he's putting in so much work and he's not seeing the type of naches and growth and Yiddishkeit in his community. 
And the Rebbe writes, I am extremely surprised at your emotional reaction. The work is yours. The accomplishment will be God's decision. If you remember in the last class I gave here, when we spoke about that genuine tranquility in the Garden of Amuna, I said the same thing. Our job is to do the best we can do and then get out of God's way. You remember I told you the story about the doctor? I asked him, I asked the doctor, how do you live with the patients that you've lost? And I don't mean to another doctor. I mean lost. And he answered me, if I take the credit for the patients I've saved, then I'm going to have to take the blame for the patients that I lost. But if I see that I am just a tool in God's hands and I need to be the best loyal tool I could be and then let God do the rest, then I'm humbled by what I succeed and I don't need to completely fall apart by where I failed. And thus this month's energy is so specific in where it starts and where it ends. The energy of this month does not want you to look at what you would call success or failure. Not your business. Do your job. We're in the month of transformation. We're in the month of Yosef making an acher into a ben. Taking another and making it family. We're talking about being able to go out after a Shepsala, a little sheep that ran away and bringing it back. And even if you don't see exactly how you brought this sheep back and it doesn't look like there was enough returns on the amount of work that you put in and sacrifice that you put in. Well then, excuse me, pay more attention to where the energy stops. The energy does not stop post-results. It stops post-work. Work is ours. Results are God's. One more interesting factor here. The words Vahoya and who? The Hoya and it will be. We are taught that whenever it, that word is used, it's eternal. The word who actually is concealment. The word who in English means he. You're talking about somewhere else. When we refer to God with the word who, we're talking about that which is not revealed. Who Elokeinu? He is our God. Not Ato Elokeinu, you are our God. He is our God. And here you can once again see the exact words that Rachel prayed for. Is what the Torah is telling us. Make a hoya out of a who. Make a ben out of an acher. And to understand that, you need to understand that the actual Jew, regardless of who, what, when, where. I'm sorry about that. Regardless of the who, what, when, where, is always an absolute, perfect, pure Jew. It isn't our job 
to go ahead and decide this Jew, this Jew is really, at this point, a guy. What makes this Jew a Jew? It's not our job to decide who is and who isn't. God decides who is and who isn't. And he or she who is, regardless of what he or she looks like, remember who. If you don't see it, it doesn't mean that it isn't there. It just means it is hidden. And in the process of well digging, if you haven't found water yet, shovel out another shovel of dirt because water is there. So the paradigm of this month is amazing. The paradigm is to be able to embrace that in exile, we need to step out of the clouds to bring back the holy boys and girls that have gone astray. And then to realize that results isn't on our charts. Our chart is to mark whether we did our work. God's chart will, will mark the results. And the most important effect of this whole teaching is, I believe, the Hoya Hu. There isn't a person, there isn't a situation, there isn't an element which isn't at its most genetic level absolute goodness and divinity. And when we find ourselves thinking that this person is no good, we need to remember who. It is, but it's hidden. If you asked me to do magic and change, to take someone who isn't and make them what they are not, that is impossible. I shouldn't say impossible, but for me that would be impossible. Sadiq can do their magic. But that is why in the world of Lubavitch, we have a very different definition than any other group that does outreach work. Any other group that does outreach work has chosen the words Kirov Rechokim. Bring close those who are far. I actually, with my own two eyes, saw a video in where someone told the Rebbe he wants a blessing, he works in Kirov Rechokim. And the Rebbe answered him, we are extremely careful not to use the word Rechokim when we talk about a Jew. In the world of Chabad, we either use the word hafatzat hamayanot, bringing out the wellsprings, or we use the word baal teshuva. What does the word teshuva mean? Return. Now let me ask you a question. If you come across a Jew and you ask this person, are you Jewish? Well, actually I'm a quarter Jewish. Really? What quarter? Well, my mother's mother. And like, what do you mean? You're Jewish? Yeah, I know, but my dad's their religion thinks it's the father. And you're like, you know, you don't get it. You're, you're Jewish, 100% Jewish. Yeah, I know. I'm just a quarter Jewish. And then this person, you're successful. And that person becomes a more involved individual in his or her relationship with God. Can you call this person a Baal Teshuva? They're not returning. This is a whole new journey. 
up to four hours ago before you started talking to this person, he didn't even believe he or she was Jewish. Wouldn't it be better to say, Kirov Rechokim, you were so far, I've brought you close. We'll never use those words. Because the secret of this month, I told you that the previous Rebbe passed away in this month. You understand, to us, that means the Rebbe became Rebbe in that month. And now you look at the Rebbe's entire dedication to this one concept. The entire dedication is to realize that every single Jew in the worst state of sinning is a potential Baal Teshuva because they're coming back home. How can you say they're coming back to something they never were by? They actually fought against it. And the answer is, Vahoya Hu. You didn't look deep enough. You got distracted by their color shades. You didn't look into their eyes. Because at the end, Vahoya Hu. We're not asking you to change. We're not asking you to take people who are far and bring them close. We're asking you to take people who are and show them that they are. And that's why the entire job is always about connect people with God and get out of the way. To be more precise with the words. Reveal to them the connection they've always had with God and get out of the way. So the words of this month is, that you do need to go out of your comfort zone. You do need to engage with someone that looks and sounds and smells different than you. And to realize that the differences is only the outside layer. Look into their eyes and you will see who it's there. It's just hidden. And now that you see that engaged, and live up to the challenge of Rachel. Can you make Acher into a Ben? Can you make a Hu into a Vehoya? Eternally so. Always was, always is, and always will be. This is how the stars line up for this month. Joseph, whose entire existence is to make a Acher Ben, to reveal the ben within the acher, to let the Jew who's screaming how they're the furthest thing away from related to anyone that looks or smells like a walking, talking black hatter, and reveal to them that you've got more in common with this black hatter than you have with the guy sitting in your office who you spend time with, drink beer with, and go after the same pursuits with. And that's the secret of Homa Yumeran of Ahoyahu. What does it mean to us in our personal life? Well, first of all, it means exactly what we just said. Every single person who was chosen by God to be fortunate enough on a Tuesday night, 10 o'clock, to be studying his Torah has the obligation to reach out to another Jew. It's that simple. <laughs> Yes, part of me wants to tell you, guys, bring more people here. And yes, I'm going to tell you that, but I'm going to try to step out of it. So if you want to bring them to a different class, bring them here. No, I'm <laughs> The main thing is bring them to a Torah class. 
bring them to themselves. Have you ever stopped for a moment and asked, what exactly do you think you did to deserve to be in a Torah class? Do you know how many times I ask myself that question? What did I ever do to deserve to be born to a family that was religious, that learns Torah, that sent me to a yeshiva, that connected me to the Rebbe? And whatever that is that I did, who in this room didn't do that? Who in America, Jewish person, didn't do that? So why am I and the path that I am and them not? And there is no answer to that question other than God trusted them with what he didn't trust me. Because he knew I wouldn't come home and he knows they will. So when you go out to a Jew who looks more secular than secular and added on a Mick in front of his name and a junior after his name, just understand that God obviously trusts them a lot more than he trusts us. Because God knows that they have the power to come back home. And now the question is whether you will or will not engage with the amazing privilege that God offers you. Take care of your brothers and sisters. So the first level of this month's energy, before you take it into any personal dimensions of my own life, and I only want to think about me and talk to me about me, 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 let me talk to you about you. You have a responsibility. You were chosen to be able to be an emissary for God's Torah and mitzvot. You were chosen to share whatever you heard tonight in this coming month, share it over and over with every Jew you meet. Make sure that when you meet another Jew in the month of Shvat and you think that you got together to make money, make sure that you also have some Jewish business going on. Share with that person what the month of Shvat really means. It's a gateway for all the sheep that Moses went chasing that went away from the flock. And Moses went after them to bring them back. Each and every one of us is that sheep. Each and every one of us needs to get back deeper into who we really are. With that being said, and I really, I'm going to stop here for a moment because before I go on to the next stage where people say, oh, now we can get involved because now he's talking to me about me. Why do I have to worry about the other? I want to stop again and tell you that whatever I'm going to tell you from this point on is minute compared to what I just told you a moment ago. Because if you use this energy of this month only to deal with your own darkness, forgive me people, shame on you. We need to know that this month is not about you, you, you. It's about you being able to do for your brothers and sisters. With that being said, I want to also talk to you about your own life, my own life. We're hearing that this month is an amazing opportunity of transformation. So within our own being, there's the Ben and there's the Acher. There's the 10th and there's the 11th. 10th is holiness, 11th is not holy. It's actually more than just not holy in the books of Kabbalah. The impurities are called the 11 crowns of impurity. So in our own life, 
we may have just decided that we need to amputate certain pieces of ourselves, because that piece of my life will never make it into shul. It just won't. I've come to terms with it. It's the rebel in me. It's the this in me. It's the that in me. It's the Joneses, the Smiths. It's just, it's just not. It's not Yankalish, Mool, and Beryl. So now we're hearing that this month is exactly the perfect month for you and me. Because instead of amputating, let's revive. And how do we revive is by understanding that that very piece that you thought you have to amputate is actually an extreme holy piece of you, hidden from the eye. So this month, we're going to challenge each and every one of us here with guts. Can you engage the part of you that you have written off as the other side? And don't engage it by lecturing it. The world is sick and tired of being lectured. Stop telling the people how they need to be more like you. What you really need to do is tell the person, have you ever looked in the mirror recently? Have you ever seen how beautiful you really look? That's the only truth that there is. So it's the only truth that'll work. That's what really happens. By the way, <laughs> totally off the topic. The person who wants to look weight, lose weight, and every time they look into the mirror, they see someone fat, they're going to be fat. But the one that looks in the mirror and sees that perfect size six with an extra layer will drop the extra layer. It's just that simple. So understand that when I'm talking to you about the secret of who, I mean what I say. Because by the mere definition of telling the person, you are a rachok, would you like me to change your life and bring you karov? No, you told me I'm rachok. Okay, I'm rachok. Pleased to meet you. Hi, I'm rachok. But if your approach to the person is no, you are with some extra handles. <laughs> Love handles. Just share them, that's all. That's what this month really has to offer. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm tired. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Yeah. Did it change the approach of the teaching of the Shabbat? Made it more so, Interesting. Interesting. You touch upon a very interesting story that Al-Tarebbe told. Al-Tarebbe told an amazing story about this person who this person was. This person was actually the, the whole story of a princess, uh, the prince, and the prince was very sick. And the uh, sick princess went, and it was on his deathbed, and the doctors looked for something that would help them, help him, and they found that the only thing that would help was the crown, the, the major gem in the crown. And the, the major gem in the crown had to be grinded. And the re you, re you remember that story, we've spoken about it before. Yeah, 
So on that note, you could say that once you've realized that there are sheep outside of the clouds and we need to go get them, then yeah. Yeah, interesting what you're saying. Then you could say that that changed that approach where the Arizal said and now it's a mitzvah to reveal. Okay?